Hello, Bethel fandom! God, you know what? I'm still not used to saying that out loud. Ugh. Uh, it is I, your host, Sunny, also known as Dynamic Symmetry on Tumblr and Twitter, and just about everywhere else. This is Keep Singing, a Beth Green and Bethel, see, the and Daryl Dixon podcast. And I'm very happy to be with you today, not least because you are about to hear two solid hours, just about, of conversation between me and Evelina, who is one of my very favorite authors in the entire fandom. Uh, we'd never spoken before, outside of Tumblr, and it was a lot of fun to talk to her, and I'm really happy that I had the chance to do that. So before we get to that, a couple of housekeeping items. Give me just a second here. Okay, first of all, I have mentioned this in a couple different places, I think, already, but uh, I just want to say it very clearly here. I am, for a variety of reasons, and I know I've said this before, and I never did it, and so, you know, you have no reason to believe that I'm sincere about this this time, or at least that I'll actually follow through. I, I'm sincere in what I'm saying, but intentions are, you know, only about half of the whole thing. But I am looking to return to what this was originally intended to be when I started it, which was a bi-monthly thing. And I really think that provided I make an effort to stick to the schedule, that's doable. Uh, it's just that, you know, life happens and everything. But but I, I really do think it's doable. So I'm going to, at this point, try to be posting every other Monday. Now, you might have noticed, assuming I managed to get this up by this evening, that I'm already not sticking to that schedule because it's Tuesday. But I, I was almost able to post yesterday. It was just that stuff happened. So it's going to be every other Monday-ish. So you should expect the next episode in our reading series Monday after this coming Monday. And I'm going to continue doing what I've been doing, which is alternating between the reading series and what I am now hoping to make largely interviews and discussions with other people. I'm, I'm actually starting to accumulate a list of people to get in contact with to do this kind of thing with. And I want to do that because, well, first of all, me talking for an hour, hour and a half is fun, but I'm, I'm not so sure that that's something that I want to depend, make the entire podcast format depend on. So I'm having a lot of fun talking to people. I want to look for other people to do that with. A bunch of people have already either recommended other people or raised their hand and said, oh, me, 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 I want to do this. So I'm going to be getting in touch with people probably this week. I'm really looking forward to do that. You guys can look forward to that in the future. Related to that, and in part to allow me to more easily get stuff out the door quickly, I'm going to eliminate fic readings in non-reading series episodes. Uh, I'm sorry to those of you who really enjoy it, but it's not like you don't have entire episodes of fic readings. And that's, again, because I want to be able to do this reasonably quickly and, and sticking to my schedule, and uh, fic reading is post-production heavy for a variety of reasons, and it takes longer. So I'm gonna be eliminating unnecessary labor to the extent that I can. So again, sorry to everybody who really enjoyed that, but I think that this is gonna work out well and, and make it easier for me to do this according to the schedule that I really want to. Uh, that said, uh, jumping back to me not necessarily relying on just me talking for an hour and a half. If you have topics that you want me slash my guests and me to talk about, and I've asked you guys for this before and you've provided some wonderful suggestions and I'm, you know, encouraging you to keep doing that. If you have stuff you want me to talk about, let me know. Uh, get in touch with me on Tumblr, send me asks, send me messages. 
If you want to email me at sunnyds at gmail.com, I'm always happy to hear from people via email. It's not creepy. I don't find it creepy. My email's out there for anybody to contact me in a professional capacity. It's, it's totally cool for you to get in touch with me that way. Um, moving on, real quick, the Moonshine Awards concluded. Uh, go to ultimatebethelficlist.wordpress.com and check out the results. Bunch of great fics getting recognized, including mine. Um, I'll be yours for a song, one best classic. Very happy about that. And everything where it belongs, one best uh, ASC fic. So thank you to people who voted for me. And thank you to people who voted in general, because I'm really happy that we managed to do a second year of these in a row, and I hope that we'll continue to do them for years in the future. Related to fic, and, and a very personal note that doesn't affect anybody but me and people who read me, uh, for a variety of reasons, and I've already announced this on Tumblr, I'm not going to be posting at ff.net anymore. And the reason for that, to be very blunt, is that I fucking hate ff.net. <laughs> um, and I've never been shy about that, and I'm happy to explain why to anybody who, for whatever reason, still doesn't know why I hate ff.net. I just can't deal with it anymore. I let Hal get really behind over there, and then I looked at how far behind it was. It was like at chapter 59 there, and on AO3 I'm at chapter... 64, I think. And I was just like, I can't do this. I don't want to update all these chapters. I hate FFDON anyway. I'm just not going to do it anymore. Uh, all the fix that I've uploaded there so far are going to stay there. There's just not going to be anything new for me there. So I'm sorry to people who really prefer FF.net, but I'm the one doing the posting. I'm the one wrangling with the site. It's just not something that I want to do anymore. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, finally... I want to give a shout out to my donors on Patreon. You guys are absolutely wonderful. Thanks to C.L. McCollum, Elise Erickson, Ashley DeGroote, Becca Aguilera, Ambrosia Smith, and Aisha Bryant. Thank you so much, you guys. It means so much to me that you care enough to support the show in this way. Uh, although by no means is this the only way to support the show. Thanks also to the people who occasionally toss a couple dollars in my hat on PayPal. That also means tremendously much to me. Helps me keep this going, uh, helps me keep a lot of my other work going, not just, you know, the fic, which again I would be doing anyway, but the fic books that I make. Uh, just everything in general. It, it, it really makes it easier for me to do, especially given that I pay out of pocket for some of this stuff. Uh, if you would like to help keep all of this stuff going, uh, you can go to my Patreon, which is at, linked at the top of my Tumblr. Uh, go to dynamicsymmetry.tumblr.com. Look at the very top with the little collection of links. My Patreon is linked there. Uh, if you don't want to do Patreon, and that's fine, not everybody does, uh, if you want to toss in a couple bucks in the tip jar via PayPal, go to keepsingingpodcast.wordpress.com, and there's a little image of a tip jar there. And you click that, and it takes you to PayPal, and then you give me money. And that's great. Yeah. So, moving on, let's go ahead and get to the conversation with Evelina. A quick note before we get into that, there is some discussion of suicide uh, related to, you know, Beth. And we've talked about that before. It's not like we haven't touched on that regarding Beth's character because it's a big part of her character. But we do go into it in a fair amount of detail. So if anybody finds that a difficult topic to listen to discussions of, to read about, uh, just know that it's in there. I'm afraid I offhand don't remember exactly where, but it doesn't take up a huge amount of the conversation. So it should be easy enough to kind of just skip over it. I don't think it's more than about 10 minutes max. So just be aware that that's coming up. All right, let's get to it. See you on the flip side. Hey, 
So hi, everybody. Uh, today I'm very privileged to be talking to one of my favorite authors in the fandom, uh, Evelina. I enjoy her so much, and she's actually somebody whose stories I really love reading, partly because I just think they flow so well aloud, uh, but also just because I love them so damn much. So hi, Evelina. Hello. So yeah, so we're going to just kind of talk in general stuff, but I do have some questions. I mean, in part, this is sort of an interview, uh, and I wanted to talk to you, well, particularly about your writing, but also just kind of what you think about the fandom in particular, kind of what your feelings are about it right now, because I think that we're, I mean, you know, kind of two years after Beth's ostensible death, we're kind of at an interesting point where I think some people are peeling off. But I'm also noticing some people are kind of coming to it for the first time, which I think is just wonderfully bizarre. Uh, so, yeah, I, I just thought we could talk pretty much about anything along those lines. So, uh, first, I'm, I'm curious, although I think you've talked about this before. Uh, how did you actually, how, why are you here? How did, how did you end up here? What, what got you here in the first place? Well, um, my sister had been watching Walking Dead, I think, since the beginning um, and kept telling me, oh, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. You got to watch it. And I'm I have this thing where when people tell me I need to watch something or read something, I get this like, nope, 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 nope. I do that, too. It's, it, it's ridiculous. And usually, well, it ha the reason that I get that way is because everyone told me I had to read Twilight. And so I tried and I'm like, uh, no. So <laughs> God. So I was uh, a, a little bit uh, ruined by that, I think, that experience. But so she kept pushing and, you know, my sister's a pretty cool person. So I finally said, OK, she used to live um, quite a distance away from me and I would go and visit her for a couple of weeks at a time. And we, she decided, OK, we're going to do this marathon style. So we did. And I was hooked. And I didn't we didn't get through the whole thing at that time. Um, but I, so I, I was watching it on Netflix after the initial marathon with my sister and caught up to, to watch the beginning of season five as it aired. And so when the 4B happened, I'm like, oh, oh, I didn't even really see that coming, but I like it when Beth and Daryl were off together and I you know, they were always sort of in the back of my head, like I wanted this to keep happening, but I wasn't quite in that full on ship mode yet, but it was interesting to me. And then Coda happened and I'm uh -huh. like, no, no, this can't be, this can't be, this can't be it. So when I, I needed more. So I kept seeing um, Amy, who's burning up a sun on uh, Tumblr and I had followed her initially from Doctor Who, and she kept posting. I kept seeing, um, sort of, as I was scrolling by, I kept seeing these fic updates for um, She's Breathing. And I think she'd had about 11 chapters posted at the time when I decided I'd, I it kind of looked at a couple other things that didn't really catch me, but then I clicked on that one and started reading it. And, I was just hooked by Amy's writing and she was writing so fast and um, writing how I sort of how I saw if she hadn't, if Coda had gone differently, sort of how I saw it happening. And so I just, you know, spazzed out all over her, her fic and uh, we got talking, she and I, and I started having 
ideas, like maybe I want to write, but I hadn't written for a few years and I wasn't sure, but she encouraged me and that's how Fall Right In happened. So that was really what you first started with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm honestly still working through that fic because I read incredibly slowly. That's but, okay, it's not going anywhere. But I mean, like, one of the, you can tell how fast I'm reading because I am leaving comments on every chapter, but one of the things that I think is so interesting about that fic is, I, I mean, it's, this, this sounds like I'm saying, oh, it's not that good, so that's not all what I'm saying, but it's very interesting to kind of read how you started and then read your more recent stuff and see how... Again, developed sounds like, oh, you were not good and now you're much better. But, you know, things change as you write. What I first started writing in this fandom is in many ways very different from what I write now. And it's just kind of been interesting to watch going backward how the ways in which, you know, I think that your writing has developed as your understanding of these characters develops. Because I think that writing these characters deepens and changes how we understand them. Oh, yeah, for sure it does. And, you know, I, I, I totally get what you're saying, too. Every, I was thinking about that this morning, because I've written in other fandoms before, and it feels like every time I start over in a new fandom with new writing, even just that initial burst of interest, my writing improves from, you know, from what I was, what I left off with to what I'm starting with. And, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, you kind of, get to know them as you write them or get to know them how you see them more as you're writing. And it is definitely a, there's a starting point and you can't, I mean, I don't don't think people get worse. (laughs) I mean, they can, but um, ideally not. Ideally not. Um, I think you, you start somewhere and then you only improve from there. So I, I, I think that just sort of, that makes sense. Yeah. And I also find writing like, single chapter things or, or, or whatever, I feel like my writing style or I start from a different place. And I'm not sure I can really explain that, but I think in general, my shorter self-contained pieces tend to be better written. And I'm not sure why that is either. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that you say that because I, it's, I kind of got that feeling. And again, it's not that I think that one is better written than the other, but I did get that feeling of, there's kind of a difference here reading your, your, your one shot stuff and then reading fall right in. It's, Mm -hmm. there's just a very different feeling. And one of the things that I've noticed that coming out with me, interestingly, is my professional stuff. This just made me think of that. It's much easier for me to write single shot short stories, but when I start writing something longer, it's just, it doesn't flow. I think that that might be what you're kind of, getting at it just doesn't come out as completely and as easily you sort of have to work for it yeah yeah i think so um i think maybe because you know when you have uh with a multi-chaptered thing i I mean i i know where the fic is going i know roughly how i'm gonna get there i'm not a big outliner but i have a i have a plan but it's like not every individual block is fully realized until I sit down and writing it. Whereas when I have a one-shot idea, it is an idea, and it kind of already has a beginning and an end, and it's so it's easier to get there, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, and in fact, that kind of, without getting into spoilers, I'm just kind of curious... Do you know where Fall Right In is going? Like, do you have kind of a very vague, at least, ending planned? Or are you just kind of seeing where it goes as it goes? 
No, I do have an ending planned. I've had um, um, I've had it planned for a while. Um, as I was writing the earlier chapters, um, I was already planning the stuff I'm currently writing now at like chapter forty-five. Um, I took uh, I had that part that much planned, and this was kind of uh, where I'm writing now, which without spoilers was kind of as far as I'd sort of gotten for a long time. And then as I moved on, I um, tossed around some ideas actually with Amy and um, sort of had a I always knew where it was going to end, but I didn't know how to get how I was getting there. But now I, I, I have, I know, I know where it's going and roughly how it's getting there. How close are you? Oh God. I am terrible, absolutely terrible at um, estimating how long it takes me to tell anything this is why i have chapters that are like eight thousand words long because i i it just i just go until it's done and sometimes it's like okay end already so i yeah i i would like to say i want to say about 10 chapters but i have a feeling it's going to be more that 10 that actually that sounds like you're pretty close but yeah yeah it's you might have noticed the same exact thing happens to me. I'm like, oh, this won't be that long. And then next thing I know, I've got 300,000 words and I have no idea where it's actually going to end. Yeah, my uh, so. my next, when I update next, I will pass the 300,000 word mark on it. And this is the longest thing I have ever written in my entire life. And I'm still not sure how I've done that. Yeah, and you've been doing it for a while. Like, how long mm-hmm. has it been going now? Oh, I started, I think, February uh, two years ago. Jesus, <laughs> I know, I know. And like, I'm, I'm, I when I first started writing it, I couldn't believe how fast I was updating. I was like, every eight, eight or nine days, I was posting a new chapter, and that's unheard of. That's mm-hmm. sort of speaks to my the depth of my involvement, how far I got sucked into this fandom. Um, but, and it's been slowing down a lot now for not because I'm not interested in the fic or because I don't know where it's going and just from other other outside factors have yeah. influenced that quite a bit um, but I'm still working on it um, but uh, yeah like I uh, I was always uh, you know if I was going to write a multi-chapter it was a short multi-chapter I'd look at these people who had written these epic fics or write many epic things not necessarily in this fandom so much but previous ones and thought oh i'll never i'll never be that person that'll never be me even though i wished i could and apparently i was just waiting for beth and daryl do you have any idea why like do you have any idea what it is about these characters that enables you to explore them to that depth well i just think um like daryl in particular he was kind of my favorite right from the get-go because i was i was looking at this you know, he looks like this rough, redneck, you know, asshole kind of guy, kind of presents that way. And I, I don't believe all of his backstory was fully realized in season one. But I wondered that, yeah. I don't think so, um, because he sort of, it did, I, I think it did evolve. I'm sure, like, as any time you're writing, a, a, you know, your own character, he didn't, he wasn't in the comics, so, you know, they, he was a blank slate, basically. And I think... I think, you know, maybe some of it was there, but I think they developed more later. But even right from the beginning, you know, he comes back, he's looking for Merle, Merle's not there, and he's crying. I mean, he's mad, he's trying not to, he's not like, 
bawling, but like you can hear it in his voice. This yeah. guy's set, right? He's not just like, yeah, he is exploding in anger, but there's like other deeper emotions in there too. There's and he's a real actually, vulnerability there. Yeah, yeah, and he's he's letting that out, even though he's got his back up, he's got his guard up because he's had to his whole life, and he doesn't know these people and who's this asshole cop that leaves his brother on a roof, right? Uh, but he's crying. And it's like, huh, okay, there's a bit more to you than meets the eye. So I kind of had my eye on him right away. So, um, and, you know, as as his character has been developed and progressed, I mean, he isn't the, and you've talked about this lots, and it's in lots of, of you know, what people are saying. You know, he's not just, he, he presents initially as this stereotypical redneck tough guy who's, you know, badass, but he's not that you know, he, he cuddled a baby and called her a sweetheart. You know, like, who... Yeah, they don't do that. They, that. You don't see characters who do that. So that is so... It's so unique. And there's just so many layers to Daryl and so many ways you can explore that. And then you've got Beth. And you've got this... You know, she's she's got her own... Her own... You know, she presents as, you know, cheerful and supportive. But she's got her own demons, right? But she's doesn't they don't look like they match and but they match so yeah, well. It's yeah. just so intriguing to me and I just needed more. Yeah, I love I love that you mentioned Daryl because I mean it's it's it sounds like your experience and mine really, really match up in, in most important respects because that was exactly my experience too, although I don't think I really got into Daryl until latter half of season two and into season three and I think that one of the reasons for that is is like you said they didn't I think start out with him being hugely fleshed out I mean they they when they were casting him and, and writing his character as far as I understand it he really was meant to be just a side character and maybe mm-hmm. wasn't even going to last beyond season one but what you say about the vulnerability and and the hints of depth and the crying especially I mean I think so much of that's Norman Oh, for sure. But. I think I, th- I think he he grabbed onto that character and implied depth in a way that another actor, you know, who was just kind of sticking to the bare bones of the script, just would not have done. And I don't know enough about because I did I did pretty much what you did. I I binged on Netflix and then I started watching. I think in the latter half of season four, and. I don't know firsthand what the fan reaction was to him, but it's my impression that fan reaction was so powerful and so popular and and, and positive that they were like, oh, okay, we actually have something here. We could potentially create something that the fandom really latches onto, so then they deepened him. And his character development in 2 is just amazing. I think it's one of the the best arcs on the show. And and so he kind of... I mean, you know a lot of my writing centers around him he kind of dragged me in too and really unfortunately I think it's really only since Beth left the picture that I've come to appreciate her more as a character I don't know if that's been at all your experience um I think well because because I you know was on I was on Tumblr for other fandom stuff and I'd get little um I had like Amy and probably a few others had, you know, shifted over to walking dead and Amy in particular, who I didn't really talk to her before Bethel, but I did follow her. Um, and I'd see, I'd catch the word Bethel every so often. Um, 
but I didn't really, I, I wasn't really paying attention because I didn't watch the show. And then when I started watching the show, I blacklisted Walking Dead on on um, Tumblr so that I wouldn't be spoiled as I watched it. So I think because that word was sort of in my head when um, 30 Days Without an Accident happened and there was that hug, I'm like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of on my radar a little bit, but not. I wasn't sure if it happened or how it happened or, or, or what. And then when, you know, when they ran off to, or ran off together, when they escaped the prison together, I was, I was watching, um, not expecting, but, you know, kind of, I think so. I was kind of watching Beth anyway. And I've since gone back and rewatched some of her stuff. So I think, um, yeah, I think I, didn't appreciate her as much until season four. Um, but I definitely was more, I was into her before as a character before she, before Coda. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's definitely already an interesting character. And in fact, one of the, one of the ways in which I think her character really is very much like Daryl in ways that you don't notice until you get deep into it is that kind of initial, this character isn't actually very important, but then as, especially I think as Gimple take kind of takes her over and starts writing her, mm-hmm. she really takes on a depth that I don't think was intended. I mean, my sense from season two is, is except for 18 miles out, you know, which inter- interestingly was Gimple. Um, she's not, she's not really a very central character. She's just kind of Herschel's second she's there. daughter. She's there. And she's there. Yeah, but, I mean, it was clearly Maggie who was the yeah. one we're supposed to pay attention to, which, you know, fair enough. Because I think, as far as I understand, I haven't read the comics, but as far don't. as I understand, I won't. <laughs> don't worry. Just don't. Going there. <laughs> um, as far as I understand that um, Herschel and Maggie are from the comics, but the other, and maybe Sean, but there were other siblings that that never showed up in the show, and Beth wasn't one of them. Yeah. Um, so I, I, you know, I, obviously we're meant to focus on Herschel and Maggie, um, and Beth is there, but she's there. And um, but the th- the good thing about I think, um, and I don't know if this is planned or not, or if this is what people think or not, but when you have a a character who's just there that doesn't, you don't have any expectations for them, but you also have a lot of room to use them later should you decide or have an idea or need to. So I don't know if she was just there with a potential for being more or because she was just there, she then became more. I don't know which, but I like it. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And and in fact, I would love, God, there are so many things I would love to sit down and talk to Gimple about, talk (laughs) politely and calmly. But one, one of the things I would really love to ask him is given that he, you know, he is, basically responsible for her existing and for her being Mm -hmm. the way she is. I mean, not that she existed, but she wasn't really starting to get deep and interesting until 18 miles out. Um, To what degree was he interested in her really early on? And to what degree did he see possibility for her? Because I think the people who say he plans really far ahead are correct. I think pretty much everything that's happening now is stuff he planned two years ago, at least Mm -hmm. in a very rough form. So I sort of wonder, at what point did he 
kind of latch on to her as somebody he really wanted to elevate to a prominent position, especially given that she isn't in the comics. Yeah. She's just not there at all. No. Um, yeah, that's interesting. It, that would be a really interesting answer to hear. Because if you, if you think about, you know, in her season two arc revolved around her suicide attempt. And um, that leaves a lot of potential for um, taking this person who... I, 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 I hate, I hate, hate when people call Beth weak. Oh my god. I really hate that. It's one of my biggest pet peeves. Um, they call her, like, both mentally and physically weak, they call her. And first of all, no girl growing up on a farm is oh, going no. to be physically weak. And have you seen Beth slash Emily's arms? Exactly! Right, so a farm girl is not going to be weak. I'm sorry. She would have been, she's not spoiled. She might have been, you know, the, the, the baby of the family and sort of spoiled in that way. But you know she was getting up at the crack of dawn to do her chores. Yeah. Yeah. The the greens I don't get the sense that they were rich. I got the sense that they you know they got by comfortably enough. But you know they don't have they're not going to be having like sixty hired farmhands. No, oh. the family is going to be doing the work. So physically, yes, yeah, she's slight, she's small, but that doesn't equal weak. And I, that's one thing. Um, here's a tangent for you. That's one thing I try to sort of do with fall right in is that yeah she's she's a slight built woman she that's just her build but that doesn't mean she's physically weak so i reject that and then like calling somebody mentally or emotionally weak because their their mother just tried to eat them and their world as they know it has ended and they feel like you know they're suicidal that's not weak that's that's just what can happen yeah and so i reject that too i'm sorry but that's that's yeah no, Sorry no, if that's... I've offended anybody by that, but that's my stance on it. And If you offended if yes. anybody, fuck them, because it's correct. I mean, it just well, is. She's I, Her reaction to what happens to her in season two, I think, is rational. Like, I think absolutely. that is a reasonable reaction to what is going on. And then the fact that she can come out of that and be yes. stronger and, and maintain yes. her sense of hopefulness and optimism, not in an unrealistic way, but in, again, in a way that I think is completely rational. That makes her one of the strongest characters on the show, and it is absolutely infuriating to me the degree to which people, I think willfully, just don't understand her. It's like they really don't want to. Well, and you know, I even, and again, at the risk of offending people, I see it in, in fandom, too. People who are Bethel fans talking about how she was weak. And it's like, no, please, please, no. She, you know, she had a low, she had, that's probably the lowest point she's had in her life. But she climbed out of it, and what the fuck is weak about that? Yeah. Yeah, she, right? was, she was given a chance to kill herself. It wasn't like people were, oh, you know, don't... Lori was like, no, I, you know, don't. I'm going to keep the knife away from you, and I'm going to watch you 24-7 and make sure you don't. But Andrea was like, no, you know, you have to let her choose. You yeah. have to respect her strength and trust her to make the right choice. And if she feels like the right choice is to off herself, then that's the right choice. But she made a choice not to. I mean, yes, you know, she, she did cut her wrist, but she clearly at that point had stopped already and had decided partway through that she didn't want to do this yes. and hadn't even cut very deep. No, I mean, like, it's going to bleed. It's a wrist. But yeah. and also she like, I, I want to contrast for a second. The um, um, what was it? What was Bet Betsy or Betty or something in um 
in season six, there was that um, who when Glenn and Nicholas and Heath and all of those characters and they were uh, that I think that was the beginning of six six B or six whichever one where they were um, at the quarry and all of that stuff and then they all got separated and they were. Um, there was that David guy who was yeah. talking about, yeah, yeah. And then, so he, he got bit and didn't make it. And then Betsy was, um, at home and she'd slit her wrist and she did it along the veins. Like she did it or, you know, opened right up. Yeah. And that went crossways, which isn't, I mean, that, you know, that's not as effective that's not as how you do it to get no. really morbid <laughs> right i mean some of that could be chalked up to being young maybe um but also i mean she's a veterinarian's daughter i'm sure and, and this is something that i i kind of had canon that but but it's kind of not because she was wrapping michonne's ankle so i think maybe she had more medical knowledge than we see um, but she would have an understanding, I think, of anatomy yeah. enough to know that, you know, maybe it was, I'm going to do this to see if I want to do this. I don't know. But she didn't want to do it. That's what we take out of that. She she got as low as she could have gone and then thought, nope, and climbed her way back out. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm not... I. I Again, not watching the comics. I wasn't the biggest fan of Andrea in the show. Me neither. Sadly. I, I just, it just, you know, the act, I think the actress did, um, if that's how she was meant to portray Andrea, like the acting was fine. I just, she just bothered me. Um, she was written very poorly. Yeah. And like, again, I, I understand she's, like, obviously, I know I know enough about the comics. A to know I don't want to read them, and B to know that you know Andrea is still there. Um, so I'm yeah I I just yeah I didn't I didn't care for how she was written, and so she was not my favorite character. But that moment with Beth, I think, was probably my favorite Andrea moment. Mm-hmm. Because I mean that, and that made sense. Because I think we're supposed to take from that how Dale had you know taken her gun away and tried to um, tried to be like, no, Andrea, you can't do this because you're going to off yourself, and I don't want you to. And she was had that choice taken from her, which she then wanted to give to Beth, um, hoping that I'm sure she didn't hope that Beth would would kill herself. I oh, think yeah. she was hoping oh, yeah. Beth wouldn't. Um, but yeah, I mean, say what you will about you know, I'm not a I'm not a person that ever ever struggled with uh, suicidal ideation, so I don't I can't put myself in Beth's shoes in that way. Um, so I, I would hope to think that um, Andrea did the right thing. I, I don't know it. To me, it feels that way. I don't want to you know say that and have somebody who maybe thinks otherwise take offense to that. But from outside looking in, it felt like that was the right thing to do. And it seemed to be the right thing to do for Beth. Yeah. 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 It's, it's kind of, this is, this is one of the, I think there are a lot of super problematic reasons why 
people are really down on Beth. I think some of it is just misogyny. I think some of it is just gross ship war stuff. But I think a lot more, those people will say it's not about ship, but it totally is. It is. But I think a lot of it, and I think this also kind of ties into irritation about Andrea for that, for, for her wanting to commit suicide. And actually, I found out recently that that's not the best way of describing it because it kind of harkens back to it being a crime, which right. is actually something I'm trying to avoid now. So, so, so her decision to kill herself was taken away from her and her being angry about that. Initially, I did not like that because I found it irritating, but then I kind of went back and thought about it. And I, it's one of the reasons why I think it connects so interestingly with Beth's decision not to kill herself. In, in, the zombie apocalypse or in any situation where the world has been completely upended, your place in it is, is gone. You have to decide whether or not you want to make a new place for yourself. You really do need to have that agency. You need to be able to decide, do you want to participate in whatever this new world ends up being? And it's very important that nobody take that choice away from you. You really do need to be able to make it for yourself. And I, I, I feel like one of the reasons why people are really down on that, it, partly I think it's because it's discomfort with women seizing agency, <laughs> but I think also it's kind of ableist. It's, it's kind of saying somebody in a really serious situational depression that, that it's weakness or that there's something broken about them for facing that choice and for maybe making the choice to kill themselves, that, that there's, yeah, that that equals weakness and a bad character. I, I, I really think it's gross, and I'm really uncomfortable with it. I I agree. Um, I mean, I think I don't think it's any secret that I'm I'm a nurse, so I work in healthcare. I work with people. I don't work in a psychiatric setting, but you can't get away from mental health when you work in healthcare because it's health, right? Yeah. Even amongst people I work with, there's still a big stigma around mental illness. And people just don't, people don't understand and don't want to, I think. So um, I make, it's, I, under, I, I get why, I get that there is that, I get where people would say, oh, she tried to kill herself, she's weak. Um, but I don't, I do not agree with it. It bothers me very much. I, I'm not, you know, obviously, I'm not the per most perfect person in the world, nobody is. I, I like to think I try to understand things I don't know about or don't understand. I want to understand them instead of just, you know, putting my back up and saying, nope, this is wrong, this is wrong. But a lot of people don't do that. They say, oh, oh, you're on medication. Oh, hmm, you must be, which it, it's wrong. And I think that's that happens in life, so I can see where it happens in media. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. In, in fact, it kind of it kind of connects. I mean, if you'll let me kind of rant for a minute, it, rant, it, it, okay. it kind of and there's a lot to rant about. It kind of connects. It's it's interesting to me that a lot of the people who are really down on Beth, and again, I think this is for ship reasons, will say, "Oh, you know, Daryl's one of my faves." But there is just such a lack of understanding of all of these characters uh -huh. I think, on the part of those people. And one of the, you know, one of the things that really infuriated me about the premiere for season six, we're in seven now, the premiere for season seven was how people were blaming Daryl for attacking oh. Negan, <sighs> getting Glenn killed. And they were, it's, you know, it's, it's like, it's like 
blaming somebody who's in a serious situation of situational depression for being faced with a choice of whether or not to take themselves out of the picture. You know, blaming Daryl for basically being triggered. Yeah. He has just profound PTSD. And you know that in that moment, he wasn't even really, he wasn't even fully conscious of what he was doing. Like, were they not looking at him? I mean, like, look at him. He's like, right. Like, watch. Like, and again, this comes down to Norman and his face acting is just phenomenal. I hate him him so much. Um, But like, look at him. He is barely, I mean, and, Never mind that he's been shot, he's weak, he lost some blood, you know, and then he's facing in this most terrible situation. Um, and then, okay, we know he was abused by his dad. We can extrapolate from there that his mother was also abused. And he's taunting, was it, was he Rosita. taunting which one? Was Rosita. Yeah. I, was it Sasha Rosita? I can't remember. He's taunting Rosita with the bat. And that, I mean, that alone, I imagine, just, I just pictured him being this little tiny boy cowering in the corner, watching his dad go after his mom, and you think he's not going to be triggered by that? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what, that's what made him, that's what made him finally go. And if anything, he wouldn't have if he had any conscious thought of it at all at the time, which I'm not sure he did, but if he did, he would have assumed that he'd be the one getting the bat. Oh, Norman said that explicitly, that he, right? that Daryl like, expected to be the one to die there. And, and it's not as though Daryl has never attempted to sacrifice himself before to save his family, because he has. There is canon support for that. So in what... What circumstance would you imagine he's like, oh, I'm going to attack this guy, and it's okay, because he'll just take Glenn out instead. Like, what? Yeah, or or even that he was like, I'm going to attack this guy, and I don't care what the consequences are. He, he, he did feel that way, but only because he assumed that, well, and it's totally reasonable. Why wouldn't yeah. he be the one to get killed? He did it. But that's, yeah. you know, Negan's just that's too sadistic Negan. for that. <laughs> yeah, but again... um, and A, because Daryl is not quite in a great state of mind there. B, Daryl doesn't think that way. And so for someone who's A, traumatized and in a very you know, triggery, horrible place, who and doesn't think the way Negan thinks, how would he ever have assumed it would be anybody else but him getting the bat? Right. He wouldn't have. Because, like... Yeah, he would not have thought that. Um, nobody would. No, nobody, nobody but would. Negan. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Ugh. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I think that similar fandom things are going on with both of those characters, and it really, it really, really, really frustrates me. And it's a lot of it is because it, I mean, it does both of these characters a disservice to do them that way because, because that moment partly because it is so horrific and revealing of character is such an interesting moment. And the same exact thing with Beth. Every every point at which she shows what a lot of people would construct as weakness or, you know, poor self-control makes her interesting because it 
it's when how people react in situations of profound crisis tells you so much about who they really are. And really, I think the only exception for this for me is the final minutes of Coda, which I don't understand. And doesn't make any. It sense. doesn't make any sense. I don't blame her for that. It's the writing, and even oh, yeah. if she's alive, it still doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I, but, I, I, I think you've mentioned this before, but it it feels like okay, we have to have this happen. And, and I, I'm not, I don't want to get into too much into um, TD kind of stuff here, but yeah. um, if we want this to happen, okay, how do we get her there? Oh, we can't, so we must do this very out of character thing because that's the only way to get to this point because yeah. to that point, none of her actions to me would have indicated that that's what she would do. No. No, no, it was completely out of character for her. So it was like it came up. It's like what? What? I don't. I don't understand. Like I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't think there's well, anything to get personally. No, I think it was just shitty writing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but again, like, you know, you don't. I don't think it makes any sense to blame her. No, she's she's, she's a character. It's it's. I mean, it's kind of like how I feel about Andrea. I don't blame Andrea. You know, mm-hmm. I, I she could have been a great character. The foundations for it were all there. The, and, and I feel the same way about Laurie. The writers just did a really poor job. Yeah. So. Laurie gets a lot of hate that I don't understand either. Like, I don't, personally, I don't understand character hate. Well, I do, because um, sometimes I think we're meant to not like a character. Megan. Uh, but um, the the, like, the almost like violent hatred toward a character who's not real. I, I, I don't understand that as my, I don't understand that. Like it's, it's they're, they're If you hate them so much, hate the person that wrote them, like, or, or, or respond that way. Like, I don't know. Anyway, I don't know. <laughs> it, it's interesting to me how people different, oops, different people um, react to the same thing. Yeah. But yeah, to I think another aspect of like the blaming of Daryl um, for Glenn, uh, you the I, and I don't want to get too deep into this maybe either, um, but the the habit that The Walking Dead has of offing its people of characters of color. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I understand that some of the hate of Daryl comes from that angle where they're, oh yeah, the white guy um, got the Asian guy killed. And, and But again, you don't blame that Daryl for that. You blame the people who wrote it. Yeah. Yeah. But, so it comes from that sector too. Um, I had a thought a little while ago and then we rambled, but that's okay. What's the thought? Um, it's okay. This is this is what this is about. About going back now, way back, uh, where we were talking about how um, you know they built her uh, built her up. If you look at how I went back and looked back at some of her scenes in earlier seasons, and when I hadn't really paid much attention to her, but then decided I wanted to, um, it it sh- the, the the scenes she's in show glimmers of her arc as it happened in season five. Um, you know, she's when, when Merle was at the prison and Merle and Glenn are fighting and it's Beth that walks in and breaks it up by Mm -hmm. shooting her gun into the ceiling. 
she's like, no, we're not having this. She didn't say a word, but she had murder face on there. She's like, she was like She did. And she did that. She stopped it. And then she went back to whatever she was doing. So, you know, there's that moment. There's slightly before then when um, Maggie and Glenn have been taken um, by the governor and they're all standing around having a meeting. And she's like, you know, this is Maggie and Glenn. Why are we debating this? Mm-hmm. And then she says she'll go. She volunteers to go. No one, I, no one really pays attention or responds to it. But you know, she's not the one that goes on runs. She's not the one that does this stuff. But hell, if she'll sit back and let her sister be taken by somebody, she's going to go after her. I and I bet you, if if they if they had let her go, she would have gone. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, yeah she would have gone. So there's that. Um, there's the moment with Michonne when Michonne's upset about, um, she'd hurt her ankle. She's upset that she put people at risk because she was stupid, yada, yada, yada. And Beth gives her a little pep talk. And then I I can't remember if we, I don't think we know about, um, Michonne's son at this point, but you see Michonne has this reaction, doesn't want to hold the baby and Mm -hmm. is kind of like... And Beth finally says, I need you to. And then when she comes back ready to take Judith again, she sees that what Michonne and Judith, and she real- recognizes that there's something there, and she leaves to give them that moment that they're having. So she's... And, and this is a very sort of... And I kind of kind of headcanon this too, but I think it's there's that evidence to support it, is that... She, much like Daryl, um, she sees things. So she's not just thinking Michonne's still crying about being whatever. She realizes that Michonne's reaction is directly related to that baby. And she might not know the whole picture. She might be able to put pieces of it together. But she knows that there's something there. Yeah. And she's respect. she notices it, she respects it. Where someone else may have just come in and taken the baby and gone. Yeah, or, or come in and tried to make Michonne talk about it or something. Yeah. And like, she might've figured, okay, well, if she wants to talk, she will, but Michonne's not exactly chatty Kathy. And, you know, she is closed. Like they don't know much about her. And I think that can be said for a lot of people. You don't, they, they fall together as this family and you don't have to, in this circumstance of the zombie apocalypse and whatnot, you don't necessarily have to know everything about a person to become that relationship just because of the nature of, you know, how it is. So there's a lot of backstory to all of them. I think that no, none of them really know. We know more than any given character does. Um, but I think, yeah, and Beth can realize that it's there without having to push for it or, um, you know, think that it's her place to do that if Michonne isn't ready, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's this this really this really gets back so much of this gets back to my frustrations with how a lot of this fandom perceives and understands her character. It it, it really gets back to their ideas of what makes her weak really is some of the stuff that makes her strongest. And I've ranted with Molly about this a ton already, but you know, that you can always rant about it more. That always. she's she's a caretaker and that that's not weak. 
that's actually one of the most important things you can be in the zombie apocalypse because it really makes you the foundation of a community. So she's she knows, and I think a lot of this maybe comes from her own experience with mental illness and with, with her own internal pain. She understands what it takes to care for somebody who's in pain or care for somebody who needs some kind of support emotionally. And she also knows when that kind of support needs to be not nice or kind of reticent or holding back because she doesn't walk in at that moment and force Michonne to talk about stuff because yeah you're right she's like okay she needs this time to process and when she's ready if she ever is ready she'll talk to us about it but she is not letting Daryl shut down no no exactly like she's she's she she sees and she she considers what's best for that person not what's best for her uh, many people, I think there's, a, I think some people approach, and I, again, this goes back to real life. I see so many family dynamics where people approach a situation and they think they're approaching it from what's best for their loved one, but really they're approaching it for what's best for themselves. Mm-hmm. And so Beth going in and demanding that Michonne talk to her would be about Beth yeah, wanting to know, whereas what Beth did would be about Michonne because she sees what's sort of going on, has enough of an under, has a good enough reading of people and, an, and, an, and so she's like an empathy, I guess, for yeah. what they might be going through that she recognizes, no, she needs to be alone. And then we go to Daryl and it would have been far easier for Beth just to let him do his own thing and grumble along without having that conflict because conflict is not easy, but no, he needed that push for him to come out of that because he was not in any sort of good place at all. Understandably so. Um, and that's what he needed at that time. Yeah. And she, and she knew that. And it, yeah. and also what might've looked mean, you know, to an outside observer really came from a place of empathy too. And I, this also, I think gets back to her own experience because she shut down. And she became very, I mean, she became catatonic. She became so interior that she wasn't really consciously aware of the world anymore. At least she wasn't responding to it. So she knows what it's like to be in a position where you're just that pulled into yourself and you're, you're, you're protecting yourself, but in a way that isn't good. And she understood that, that somebody like Daryl wasn't going to he wasn't going to respond to gentleness that she needed no. to reach in and basically beat his walls down. And that that yeah. was what he really needed. He needed to break and she made him do that. And in a way that, um, needed to break, but in a way that, um, like there, there is some gentleness in there, uh, in that, She's not, you know, what the fuck's wrong with you? Snap out of it. She, she, she knows that. She knows where it comes from. She knows he's in pain. Yeah, and so there is that aspect of gentleness. She's just not like, oh, you, you, you jerk. You're, you're just being right. a selfish prick or whatever. Snap out of it. Snack, snack. Um, but yeah, but he needed a, a firm hand with that gentleness, right? And when he does break, she's there for him. She's there yeah. for him physically. And, and for somebody who clearly is uncomfortable with even being touched, yes. that that moment where there was so much physical connection. I mean, like, again, you know, I really love Carol. And he's he's 
he hugs her in No Sanctuary in a really, really wonderfully intimate way. But that happens after Still. And really, as far as I can remember, until Still, he isn't physical like that with anybody. No, I I don't think he hugged anybody before that. Or let himself be hugged. Be hugged. And there was, you know, like, I mean, I, I also am a fan of Carol, and I enjoy her relationship with Daryl, um, and I think it's important, and I would never um, put that down simply for shipping reasons. Um, and, and there is some, you know, the beginning of 4, they did, did like a shoulder bump thing, so there is some more comfort with yeah he's comfortable with her. he's comfortable with her and and you know so that that is friendly and it is a touch but it's not an intimate touch not really no no where a hug can't a hug is and it, there's just no way around that um and you know you see him jump in 30 days without an accident when she hugs him because yeah. he's not used to that he who knows if he's ever been hugged in his life really like if you think about it God, maybe, yeah he doesn't even look right? like he really knows what it is he's like what is hug what, he's just what, kind of standing what, there what, what hug what 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 do um <laughs> but he tries though because he does t- he touches her elbow uh-huh. he's trying and and again there's and and i'm sure i'm sure beth knows that daryl's not a hugger or a physical kind of guy in that way because again Beth sees things watches um but I I don't know maybe she's thinking geez this guy really needs a hug whether he knows it or not and maybe Mm -hmm. he did need that you know he he kind of opened up to her there in that scene because you know there's a lot of Daryl oh you know Daryl's okay Daryl's okay and he doesn't really um admit when he's not okay but he says to her there he's tired of losing people he's honest he's tired he's you know, and he admits that to her, and that's not something that Daryl does a lot, I don't think. No. Um, and you know, and, and that could be that for any number of reasons um, why he did that. Um, but there is some level of comfort there en- enough, and that, that's I'm going to tangent again here. Um, Go ahead. I like tangents. Um, I I kind of like they didn't have a lot of screen time together prior to season four. Um, but there's absolutely no way that these two people, um, they were on the run for, well, I mean, months, at least eight. Well, it's got to be about eight months because Lori's about to have a baby when, yeah, it's almost a when year. they get there. So it's a long time in a small group on the run. Like, and, and you know, they're not straying far from each other. So they're around each other every day. And there's no way that Beth is the only person that Daryl has never spoken to. There's just no way like that. They never interacted in those months and months and months on the road that we didn't see granted, but I mean, there's no way that they didn't interact during that time. So he knows her, he would protect her every bit as much as he'd protect anybody else. Um, and so he, and so because Daryl sees things, he probably sees also that Beth is that person that tends to be, um, maybe she's supportive, maybe she's understanding, maybe she's non-threatening in that way. And maybe that's what lets him, you know, admit that to her at that time. 
Well, I mean, I, we, we know that because yeah. we, in, in season three, and I, this is my, it's such a quick moment, but it's one of my favorite moments with them because I think it really, you're, you're right, it, it kind of sets up why what happens in 30 days of that accident happens where Rick is falling apart. Rick is fucking useless, you know, for good reason, but Rick is yeah. useless. And Daryl just takes charge. And, you know, he's like, I'm going to go on a run. And you know, Carl is clearly in a bad place. Beth, would you take care of this? Yeah. And, and she's like, could, absolutely. Yeah, he could have asked Maggie. He could have, well, Maggie came with him. But he could have, you know, yeah. But he, he, picked he probably knew Beth would. But he also is acknowledging that she would or, or you know, he trusts her. Clearly, he trusts her. And this is before she was entrusted to help watch the baby, right? Like, he, he trusts her. And that I think that moment shows that. And it's interesting that you mentioned that. I have a friend who... Um, I was I, I met through the uh, through writing for Spike and Buffy for Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and um, she just randomly one day started reading Fall Right In. She's never seen um, Walking Dead, doesn't really even want to, but she re- she reads it. She's read the whole. She's followed the fic from chapter one to chapter forty whatever forty four or forty five whatever I'm on now. Um, so her only knowledge of Beth and Daryl are from my writing, but she was watching TV one day and turned the TV on. And that, that scene that you're talking about was on there and she saw this and she's like, Oh, it's Beth and Daryl. And, and so without having any other knowledge other than what I've written and maybe that kind of put that slant on it for her, but she's like, yeah, I see this, this guy that, uh, trust this young woman to know that she's going to be able to look after these people in a in what appears to be a very difficult situation and that's the only only canon thing that she's seen but she's like oh yeah yeah i see it i see it so i just thought that was interesting yeah yeah and that and that scene is i love that she spotted that because that scene is so easy to miss yes but it's a really important it's a really important, like, 60 seconds because yeah. it reveals so much about Daryl, too, because, um, you know, I've, you've, I think we've all yelled about this. I've yelled about it a lot. One of the things about him that makes him so interesting and so different from what you might assume if you're just paying a very surface-level attention to him is that the most important thing to him is not physical strength. The most important no. thing to him is not violence. It's somebody's ability to take care of and support someone else. So in that moment, he's looking around for the person who's going to be able to provide that center, and he already knows, like, right Beth. away, that that's going to be Beth, that she needs to be the one that he's depending on to take care of this kid who's really in the worst possible situation. He's lost. He had to kill his own mother. Yes. His dad is a wreck and completely unable to provide him with any support. So he needs the strongest person to and deal that, with this. And it's her. Well, and, and he doesn't even hesitate. It's like, I'm going no, to run. Right. Like he, he knows it's already there before he's not, he doesn't have to pause to consider and look around as what, what are we going to do? It's already in his plan as he's already deciding to go on this run because this baby is going to live. Damn it. Um, he already knows he's going to talk get her to do this. Like that's already in his head. There's no hesitation. It's like, Kate doing this, Beth doing yep. that. Yeah. It's, it's there. And I think a, a lot of, again, I, I, I mentioned uh, several little scenes that, that stuck out to me about Beth, but a lot of Beth's buildup and a lot of maybe their buildup was in those small scenes that perhaps you'd miss if you weren't 
paying attention or that you think about more later on. But they're there. If you go back and look, they are there. Um, and like much like I did, where you know, um, now my Beth's on my radar, so now I want to go back and see what I missed the first time around. Or maybe what I didn't appreciate as much the first time around. Yeah, yeah. So, and I think that might be one of those scenes as well that um, even if you're not looking for it, you miss it. And maybe you don't remember, but maybe you go back and you see it again and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that happened. That I, I've actually gone back and rewatched it a couple of times since I got into the fandom, but... One of the things that I, I think I've also mentioned is that I didn't even want to see this ship. When yes. It, I, I like, I didn't, I, I, I was like, oh God, please don't. This is so stereotypical. But then I was like, wait, it's actually not. This is a not complete crack ship that they're making real for reasons I can't imagine. <laughs> but it works. And it, it, by, it's and still, I was like, God, please don't do this. And by the end of Alone, I was like, okay, maybe. And then I go, yeah, I go back and I rewatch it. And I'm like, okay, this makes sense. It didn't necessarily have to go this way. No. But that it's going this way, not only does it make sense, but it really adds a lot of depth and interest to both of these characters. I mean, one of the reasons why I love this ship is just because I think that it makes these characters... It's not that it makes them more interesting or deeper, but it brings out the things that I think make them so interesting and so deep. Yeah, I yeah I agree. I I um it, it's it's it, because yeah on the on the surface and I think unfortunately a lot of people only watch for the surface stuff like they don't care yeah. to go into depth. So that I think in, when people are viewing something through that lens, it's very easy to ignore the softer side of Daryl, as it were, um, and ignore people like Beth that are just kind of there. And um, so they, 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 they put her off as... And I'm sorry, what is useless about looking after a baby? What is useless about that? Come on now. She just wouldn't even be alive. Right? And and, and yet she doesn't... And, and I think sometimes there's too much um, place... Like, she didn't raise Judith... Um, but she was an important part of Judith's life, of looking after Judith, because Carol helped. Rick also did, you know, she was she stayed in Rick's room, like, um, so and Rick was there. I mean, we don't see that as much, um, but it takes a village, and Beth was an integral part of that village, and that again, this is the carer role. People say that's useless. Okay, okay, so you're just gonna let Judith not live then? Great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, and again, surface people. Some people, I'm sure, just watch the show for the violence and the zombies, and and who muscles and what what. Yes, and um, and but there's all those other layers to it, and I think I can't even remember what my original point was, but um. Oh God, <laughs> I don't even remember what I'm saying. But okay, I'll just leave it there. But there's that. And what were we saying? I don't know. I don't remember either, honestly. But this is what happens when you ramble. Rambles are good. Um, oh God, I can't remember. Uh, anyway, I think that's um, yeah. They're they're interesting. They're interesting characters when you see the deeper parts that aren't on the surface, and that's what. Um, I think that's what's mostly explored when you paired the two of them up is these parts of them that are the deeper parts. Putting these two people alone together who on the surface are a 
complete mismatch. But when you dig down underneath, they actually complement each other very well. Mm-hmm. And I think that was nearer to what we were actually talking about. Um, and I just find that very interesting. I think that's one of the reasons... I, I didn't go into Walking Dead expect, uh, expecting to ship somebody. I'm not... Me neither. Oh, I, I mostly... I, I don't actually... I don't have, like, I'm not one of those people, which it's fine if you are, I'm not one of those people that has a ship or multiple ships for every show I watch on, on TV. Same. Yes, I, I don't care. I, I don't care. I, I mean, it has to, there's, a, there's like a level of things. It has to, to make me even want to think to ship them, there has to be a certain, I don't know, I can't, there's, it takes a bit. There's to an make X factor. Um, and then it takes something even more to make me want to read about them in fic form. And it takes even more than that to make me want to write about them. So they've already passed all those other things. Um, but yeah, it's just, they're just very interesting. They're different. And, and yeah, and it just, I, I just, I just think it works in the most unusual way. And I love that. Well, I think, I, I, I think it's, it's interesting that you talk about the different the kind of, the different factors that make you want to do this, because I, like I said, I'm exactly the same way. I'll, I'll, I'll watch shows and I'll like the relationships and I'll think they're yeah. cool, but I won't feel the need to explore them more deeply. And I think one of the reasons why we have such a rich collection of fic writers and such a rich kind of library of stuff is because, and this is kind of perverse, it's because it got cut off so quickly and so yeah. early. So all of us are like, whoa, wait a minute. Like, we wanted to see this go further. I need more. I need more. And, and, and I need I more, which is one of the reasons why fan fiction happens to begin with. It's like that yeah. the canon isn't delivering on what we want to see. And and it's, I mean, I'll confess, this is kind of a, I don't think it's a deep, dark secret because I've mentioned it before, but I sort of kind of worry, not worry, but if TD's right and if yeah. Beth comes back and if the ship goes canon, will we still want to write fic about it? And I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think I, some people I would, will, but I would hope that. And if if yeah, if TD is right, um, one one of the things that was interesting about Bethel as it is in canon is that they it was romantic, tropey kind of, but they didn't jump each other across the table like pretty much any other ship or potential ship might have done. Yeah. Right. So it was already something going slow. I would, I hope that if TD is right, um, as much as I, um, have, you know, occasionally written little reunion ficlets where they just, you know, jump into bed that first night or whatever, I, I would like to think that it would be a slow sort of burn. Yeah. I would, ho- I mean, if you look at, Rashon, that was slow. Um, and I do have a friend, again, another friend from um, Spike and Buffy, who is actually she, she cosplays Rashon, and she is oh cool. Trying- well, yeah, and actually, I'm gonna. Here's a little tangent too. Um, there, I guess. Uh, I know your. I know your feelings on the Talking Dead, but they are running a um, contest to have fans appear on the on the show uh, somehow, I don't know if in person or by a Skype, um, uh, for the, I think for the season finale, um, uh, the best cosplay. And um, my friend Jill here, she 
went to the premiere in LA actually as as Michonne and met Eric there. And they've kind of hit it off. So they're kind of like, you know, this real life Rashone. He does a really good Rick cosplay. She does a rock and Rashone. Like, she's amazing. Um, and they're one of the contestants to get on this, um, one of the finalists, I think, to try and get on the Talking Dead. So, um, anyway, where was I going with well, this? Okay, them. yeah. So, um, because I have this friend who's very active, I'm not act, I, I like Rashone. Um, I'm not active in that fandom but i she is and there is a lot of fic that's still happening good um because even though they've gone canon so i would hope that if td is right even if they did go canon um i think it might actually bring a lot of new authors into the fandom and i would hope generate some new ideas for current authors right yeah so I would hope that would happen. I don't know um, if that would happen, if it does, if TD is right, if that would happen. That would be my hopes for it, if that was the scenario in which we were we found ourselves. I mean, I think both you and I love slow burn. <laughs> I mean, even if, yeah, we, we do write fix where, I mean, you know, seconds and hours, I read them for the podcast. They're some yes. of my favorite things. There's um, supposed to be more of those. I just haven't got there yet. Yeah, please, come on. I know. Um, I know you wrote, like, a part of it from, I think, from Rick's POV. Yeah. That and was, I'm really excited for that. And I really want it. There's, there's, the next one is, um, there's, there's, there's several plans. So the next one, I think, is either going to be a long one shot or a short, like, two shot. Um, and then the third. The next, the one after that, will be the one from Rick's point of view, kind of on the outside looking in. And I really, really want to write, I need to write the next one before I get to the Rick one. But I really, really want to write that Rick one. And um, there's a there's a picture, I think, from Coda, I think. Or no, I think it's from, well, yeah, uh, whatever episode where there's the flashback where Beth gets the... Um, the share the the hat and she's the new sheriff in town because mm-hmm. I think that's the outfit she's wearing. But um, Emily and Andy Lincoln are hugging um, as like a between the scenes shot, you know. Um, and um, and that hug photo um, is what I'm picturing for this Rick point of view um, thing, and I just want to write it so badly. But <laughs> I'm I, having I, I need you too. I really need it. I mean, okay, this is this is sort of a this is sort of a quick tangent, but I absolutely love Rick and Beth, and not really even romantically. And no. I need, I really want more of this ship, but with Rick's feelings about it, because yeah. I just think that that's so interesting because he so clearly cares so much about both of these characters, and I wonder a lot about what he would think about them being together. I think I, I I think that I think it would I mean as much as Rick is you know kind of oblivious sometimes he did know that he he did see um, after Coda um, that Daryl lost something he, oh, said he totally that. knows he, so he knows like I mean he's he he knows he knows Daryl I mean he doesn't know all the depths of Daryl I don't think or he doesn't want to go there perhaps um because he's he's rick he you know i I love Mm -hmm. him he's not a perfect guy in a lot of ways but um he knows enough he knows daryl enough to recognize that okay this is not 
how Daryl reacts to anything. So there was something there. Clearly, they were. He know already knows they were on their own. Um, I don't. I I think I think Rick would be all for it. Honestly, I think he would. He he might he might have thought it would have been odd if he hadn't seen Daryl's reaction to losing her. Yeah. You know, um, and he, I think he knows Daryl well enough to know, he, again, Daryl is not a pedophile, even if Beth wasn't of age. Um, so he knows this is, it's, it's not anything creepy. It's not anything inappropriate. It, it Daryl's not that guy. Rick yeah. get his head out of his own ass long enough to see that. Um, so he's, would see he saw how Daryl reacted. He saw the depth of that reaction. He knows that's not how Daryl has ever reacted to anything before. So he can recognize that there was something real and special and different there. And I think if I mean and through Fick especially, I, I think that Rick would already be maybe may like with the exception of Maggie. Um, Rick would be kind of the only one that maybe would be watching for it. I don't know. Like, maybe Carol, too. I don't know. Um, That's but, the sense I get from them. Yeah. And um, so I, I think he would be intrigued by it, wonder how it happened. But I think if he saw it happening, he would get it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I think you get the feeling that he already does. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, did, uh, just a. Just to Sorry. jump back to slow burn because I just wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to quick touch on that because it's, I mean, it's, it is one of the things that I absolutely love about how this was developing before it was cut off. And yes, how I think that it would continue to develop if she came back. It's just, it's got to be so, so slow burn if it's going to make any sense. Yes. And one of my very first fandoms with a seriously intense ship was the X-Files. Uh, and that was yes. the slowest burn of Ever. all fucking time. Ever. And yes. and I, I, I like I wanted it so much to be canon. I wanted it so much. But on the other Thank hand, you. I loved that it was so slow and that there was just this there was just this pile of unresolved sexual tension because yes. that made reading I never really wrote, but it made reading Fick about both of these characters so interesting because there were so many ways that you could take it and there were so many different things that you could do. Yeah, I was um I, I was never in like a I actually I did not have internet at home at that time. <laughs> um but I, I was really into the X Files when it was on t as T V. And my, yeah, I, that I would say I actively in my own little way before I knew what fanfic and shipping was, um, I shipped the hell out of those two. And um, I imagine that, yeah, like I, I, I didn't read about them. I, and about thick about them. I didn't really know it was a thing, but yes, I, I, I um, am completely where you are on that, where I just wanted it so badly. And yeah. And it kept it, it it kept it interesting. And another another show that I'd watched um, was Bones, and um, they and that one also slow burned. But when it actually happened, it felt so anticlimactic to me mm. that because it kind of happened all behind the scenes and you didn't see anything until later or you didn't know anything till later. And it kind of just 
burned away and then what happened now and that actually turned me right off of shipping them because it was like okay now what so I think if you I think that it would have to be a slow burn but then when it happened um, it needs to be done in a way that's not like you know like fizzles right out and I think that they are capable of that I it would be nice to see I think they're capable of it too and I think that we we have we've seen that and I mean I, I think you kind of see that in how Rick and Michonne were handled yes when it happened it felt so natural and yes. it felt really satisfying because it yes. had been built so well and then when it happened you you really saw you you know in in the in the hand-holding scene and then you know it transitioned very naturally into a kiss and then into everything else that that followed. Um, It, you really, you saw the culmination of the connection between those two characters. And, and, you know, again, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right where you are in that. It's like, I love their relationship, but I I don't, I'm not really interested in it in a super fandom heavy way. I'm happy that it's there. I really like both of them together, but I don't feel any desire to read or write any fic. No, it was, I, I was very happy in, in kind of a jealous way for people in that section of the fandom because I was like, oh, this, you know, this must feel really, really great because you're getting it how it should be done. Yeah, exactly. I think it was, it felt, it felt to me from like someone that liked Rick and Michonne and, and um, again, my, because of my friend Jill, um, I knew she'd been, you know, she was really like, yay, I want this to happen so bad. So I was kind of watching and waiting um, for it. And when it did happen, I was satisfied with how it happened. She was too. She wished they'd seen more of the bedroom stuff. Well, of course, but, you know, we can't have everything. Um, but yeah, she was also quite yay. Like it wasn't a oh well now what? It was a yay. So it was it was done. I think it was done right. Um, and I really again I, I like Rick and Michonne. I like them as a couple. I think it makes sense as a couple, and I like how it went. So it is possible they you know, a slow burn. Um, that when that moment arrives, it arrives in a way that feels right to the characters. It feels it, 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 it's, it, it, it worked really well. Well, and not, not only that, I think, but one of the things that I've really, and I, I think I've talked about this too. One of the things I've really enjoyed about how season seven has been working is that the relationship between these two characters, I mean, yes, it's, it's happened and yes, they're together now, but it isn't, it's still very rocky and they're still clearly figuring things out because you know, Rick is completely caving and is pretty useless and Michonne really wants to fight and she's kind of fighting behind his back. Like she's, yeah. he doesn't want her to and she's like, no, fuck that, I'm going to do it anyway. And the kind of the conflict between these two characters and then them coming back together and then, you know, it'll be very interesting to see in the back half of the season how, which actually, God, it's starting again this Sunday. Yeah. Uh, how, how, uh. how, how, how that relationship continues to develop. So I'm I'm thinking now about if I was in that, part of the fandom there's still a lot of possibility for exploring and writing stuff that happens off scene or for considering how things might go differently or for thinking about how things would go in the future so i think that i would trust writers especially given how weird and i mean i think it's pretty good headcanon that daryl's never experienced anything like this before oh i i would absolutely agree with you on that and i think that's a I think that's a fairly substantiated headcanon just because we see how he is with people, with, with relationships, with intimacy. Like he's, that's, 
that's not him. He's a closed. He's closed off in his little suit of armor, and and uh, I, I I honestly believe that he didn't start getting little cracks in that armor until the world ended, and mm-hmm. suddenly he has people that care about him because of who he is, not because oh he's just there as Merle's brother or you know Merle loved Daryl in his own Merleish way, but Merle wasn't the most supportive person for Daryl no. either. And and again, you it's it that's Merle, that's that's how he responded to how he grew up and Daryl went a different path and that's just the way it was. But they were brothers and they love each other, sure they do, but they're side by side in their own little boxes, and they don't really cross too much, right? So Daryl, you know, now Daryl's let some of that armor slip away because he realizes he can trust these people, at least to some degree, some more so than others. So how in the world before this would he have ever let anyone get that close to him? He couldn't have, right? Like, he couldn't have. So, yeah, I don't think he had ever experienced anything like this before in any of the relationships he's had with any of these people, right? It's all new to him. It's a wonder he doesn't crack more than he already has. I think I think Norman, I mean, Norman's explicitly said as much that 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 if, you know, he, of course, he's Norman. So he's very, you know, very teasy and very uncommittal. Very- because no one's an asshole. But it's, I mean, I think even despite that, it's pretty clear how he feels about it. But, you know, he said that if Daryl felt anything in, in, you know, alone, he had no idea what it was. And I think it's pretty clear watching it that he just, you know, he knows he's feeling something really intensely, but he doesn't understand it. He doesn't, he's never felt like this before about anybody. He has no context for it. He has no pattern on which he can kind of lay it and go, okay, that's what this is. He's just completely confused about what he's feeling. So he's clearly never experienced this before with anybody. Absolutely. And like, and there's, I think that it's quite easy to, to say like, oh, how could he not know what he was? Well, because oh he's God. never felt before. So how, how would he know? Like wh- he doesn't, his, I mean, yeah, he does, he doesn't know. He doesn't know what this thing is. He knows that he's got this feeling inside. He doesn't know what it is. He knows it's big. But he would have no clue what it is. All he knows is that, I think at this point, even if he doesn't know now, he knows that she meant something to him that he never had before. Um, But at the time, he has no idea what this is. I still don't think, I still, I think he still doesn't know. I just think he knows he misses her a lot. I think so. I, I think... I, I think that, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't think he would even think of it in terms like that, because again, he doesn't, he's never had that. He didn't have, he didn't grow up with any sort of good example of that. And he probably sits there and thinks of, here's her voice saying, you're going to miss me so bad when I'm gone. And yeah, he does, and that's what he's thinking. He misses her so bad because she's gone. I think that might be as far as he's gotten with it. Yeah, but yeah, it's still he misses her. <laughs> and what, one of the um, one of the things that I think people when they go, oh, how can he not? How can he not have known that they miss is that yes, you know, he's seen what happens when people experience romantic love. You know, he saw. It, even though it was incredibly unhealthy, he saw Laurie and Shane, and then he saw Laurie and Rick, and he's seen 
Maggie and Glenn, and he's seen Abe and Rosita, and so he he knows what it looks like. But the thing about how people are if they've never experienced anything for themselves, especially if they have self-esteem issues and they kind of think, well, I, this will never happen for me because nobody could ever feel like that about me. When they actually start to experience it firsthand, they may not recognize it, even though they've seen other people going through it. And I think that that's... They don't know what it feels like. Yeah, they, they, they have no context for it. And one of the things that I, I'm, you know, writing right now that uh, uh, I... I I think you've actually read at least a couple chapters of it that, that I think a lot of people are just not wanting to go near is a thing with Daryl and Maggie. Oh God, I love that. Um, <laughs> I've been so bad on replying to anything to anybody lately and I'm trying to smack myself, but yes, all, the, all but the latest chapter I've read every I'm chapter. Very, I'm very happy. Um, the, I just posted the latest one last night, but, but one of, one of the things I most enjoyed writing was, was the scene where Daryl and Maggie are waiting for the rain to stop when they've gone on a run into uh, a Rite Aid, and they're talking, you know, they kind of did, both didn't mean to, but they're talking a little bit about Glenn, and Daryl's like, you know, before I saw you and him together, I didn't even know that could exist. I mean, you know, yeah, there was Shane and Laurie, and there was there was Rick and Laurie, but that wasn't the same thing. You know, I didn't no. know that two people could meet and experience that kind of connection. And of course, obviously there's the implication that then he kind of is starting to understand that he felt like that about Beth, but he's, he's kind of connecting what he was feeling with Beth with his image of, of uh, Maggie and Glenn. And that's one of the reasons why he has such intense feelings about that relationship. I, I think he could see like, um, because he had his he he grieved her he doesn't know he doesn't understand all his feelings but he knows what he felt and he can recognize that in maggie and that um would be it, it makes sense to me that that would be the thing that might make him be like okay huh all right this is maggie is like me yeah so yeah, we're if both Maggie's suffering like me what does that mean about me and beth yeah, yeah, it's yeah. one of the things that I'm I'm looking forward to exploring in the last few chapters of this fic is him coming to understand how he felt about Beth through kind of confronting how he feels about Maggie. And and one of the things that I really wish that we had we I don't think we're going to I just don't think we're going to see it on the show. I've kind of given up on that idea, but but I wish that we had seen more about his interactions with Maggie after Coda because I think that that would have been such an interesting way to explore First of all, the contracts, the contrast between how both of them are grieving the loss of Beth, but also how he might be processing his own feelings about Beth through watching how Maggie is reacting mm -hmm. to this. Mm -hmm. and, and we got that little little scene in the barn. Yeah. Um, oh God. But I know. I, I I would I would like endless amounts more of that. And, and also, I really I'm still mad that we. The Daryl's reunion after he got away from the Saviors. Was, I'm so mad. I know. Like I'm. I'm so happy with him and Rick. Like that just made my oh. oh. <laughs> like, yeah. Yes. Hug. Hug it out, boys. Hug it out. Um. But we didn't get to see him reunite with Maggie because he was already there and that had happened off screen. He thought and, she was dead. Exactly. And and she th probably thought he was dead. So. I would have. I, I really think that they had a missed opportunity there, especially given um, what some of the reaction to again going back to the premiere and Daryl attacking Negan and therefore Negan killing Glenn. 
what better way to say stop blaming Daryl than having Daryl and Maggie like hug it out in this reunion, right? Yeah. Like, like, and and like Maggie's reaction to when Daryl get taken, she t- got taken. She was distraught. Oh yeah, the noise she makes is just horrific. It's like, yes, Glenn has just been killed, and now Daryl's being taken away. And that's not a woman that's saying, "Oh yeah, you bastard, you go and you get what you deserve." That's her saying, "No, don't take more of my family away." Yeah. And yeah, and she's already lost so much at that point. So much. And now they're also taking Daryl from her. And, and and not in the fact that Daryl and she not not in the same way as they've taken um Glenn, uh and they didn't have that relationship, but he's still family. They're family. They've been through too much together to be anything but. And now he's being taken away. And that's what she sees. She doesn't see oh, Daryl's at fault for Glenn. No, Negan's at fault for Glenn. Now he's taking Daryl away too, and this just can't happen. So I really think they missed an opportunity there then to have when Daryl and Jesus came back to Hilltop um, to show that she is grateful or so, so happy that he's okay. And him too is, he thought she was dead. So they they missed an opportunity there and I'm bitter about it. Maybe we'll get a deleted scene. Maybe that'd be nice. That'd, that'd be, very be nice. nice. I mean, the the him hugging Rick was just so lovely, and that then he beautiful. hugged Stone, and then and everything. Like, uh, yay! Like that that needed to happen a long time ago. I, I'm glad it happened there, but I still I still wanted that moment with Maggie. Yeah, and it's it's one of the one of the one of the things that I think makes that we can infer makes it so horrible for her when he's taken is that, and I, I think we totally see this in them, I just like Rick knows Rick's no, Rick knows that something happened between the two of them, between Beth and Daryl, even if he doesn't know the full extent of it, and you know may just consider it not really his business but I think, I mean it's that that scene in the barn where she says it's okay to rest now, and you know he says you know he he was tough, so was she. She didn't know, but she was, and I fucking hate his face when he says that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, <laughs> he, she, I think she knows too. She's not going to say it. She's not going to actually make him talk about it. No. But I think that she, when she sees, and she knows that Daryl cares a huge amount about Glenn. I mean, this is one of his oldest friends, so she's just watched this person who was really important to both of them killed in the most horrific way. And then she sees, you know, this guy who cared so much for her sister, cared so much for her husband, and now he's being taken away. And it's just, it's blow after blow after blow for her. And I really think so much of it in the background is about Beth. Yeah. I I think, I, I don't think, I don't see how it couldn't be, um, and I'm not to say that again. Everything, everything in The Walking Dead is not about Beth. Oh God, but, no, 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 no. <laughs> no. But yeah, like I mean, it's it's thinking about it that way. Like it makes sense because even even while Maggie was grieving, she would have seen Daryl too. Yeah. And she, through that, I'm sure she could have. Um, again, much like I think Rick did, have this isn't this isn't Daryl. This isn't what Daryl does. So there, ha- and maybe maybe later she thought about it. Maybe not at the time, but yeah. I mean, she she knows that he was with her, 
and she knows he went to find her and he tried to find her and he tried to get her back and she knows he meant she meant something to him he saw her carry her he saw him carrying her out of the hospital she saw him carry out of the hospital she saw that she did she saw his face it could have been any one of them carrying her but it was him and yeah i mean she 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 saw all even if even if it's her thinking about it in hindsight she would have seen all of it and again we don't see the stuff uh, it's the stuff that we don't see um on screen that i don't again depending on certain factors i don't know if we ever will um but i, I just want i just want to know um what happened between Coda and was it the what happened and what's going? I, I I want I don't know we don't know what happened there. So all I really feel like there were some really important things that went on there that we just don't see and it bothers me. There's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that we don't that that, that yeah. happens off screen that we don't see and it bothers me. It's yeah and 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 just kind of jumping back and I actually want to ask you about this in a minute because it kind of ties back to why did you end up in this fandom in the first place uh, one of the things that really really other things many things that really really bothers me about about the antis as we call them yes. is that I don't know how you can look at how these other characters react to Daryl's feelings after Coda and not come to the conclusion that at least a couple of the people who are closest to him, well, I mean, I think you see most clearly with Rick and Carol and Maggie, that yes. they know that something happened and that it was, a, I mean, they saw how he reacted after Merle died and it was nothing like this, that, that, that he, they know that something big happened. And I think they can kind of guess that his feelings for her went deeper than, Oh, this is just my family. And none of them appear to have any problem with it. You know, no. none of them are troubled by it. They're troubled by the fact that he's in pain, but that's really it. You don't get the sense that they would be upset by something actually happening. You're, I mean, you're, you're right about them not going, oh, my God, this guy was a pedophile. No, they, they never think that. Anyone who thinks that does not know who Daryl is or doesn't no. care to or, or, or whatever. And I think um, some of it is willful, um, willfully ignoring what's there. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I came across a, a, a I, I always want to say GIF. I know it's supposed to be GIF, but whatever. No, it's um, GIF. Yeah. Okay. I hear both. I don't it know. Is. No one tells me it's gift. It looks. It should be gift. Anyway. Um, uh, anyway, about uh, the the scene where Carol gives Daryl Beth's knife, and she kisses him on the forehead, and I saw someone. I, I came across that somehow. Like I don't go into other people's tags and look at stuff, but because you're um, not a jerk. I'm not a jerk, um, and I should say I have I have a few mutuals that are um, Carol fans who I, I I'm really big on ship and let ship, and uh, as you know, and I, I I don't agree in I don't agree with a lot, and it comes from I do see it from both sides. Unfortunately, as much as I wish it weren't true, I think people just need to stay in their own lane. Yeah. Um, and I was actually, after I had posted something about ship and let ship, I, I actually had someone from the Carol fandom message me um, saying, you know, they really appreciated what I'd said. And they were, it was right before the Carol Tobin thing was coming up. And she'd said, you know, I just, I, I just, I'm really, I, I don't like that this is happening. Um, 
I, I just can you can you please tell me that I that people aren't going to be like ha ha, and I, I assured this person you know that the people who I that I am friends with in this fandom are not the people that are going to be doing that, and um, I would gladly you know tell people to not do that if I saw someone gloating right, and so we've since become mutuals, and they post Carol stuff, I don't. I kind of scroll by it, but I think that, um, so there's, there are, there are a lot of people that, you know, they say, you know, they're not a Bethel fan, but they, they feel like about Beth and Daryl as I feel about Daryl and Carol. Mm -hmm. And I think that's how it should be. Um, I can't remember where I was going with this. So some people, right. Some people don't, maybe don't want to, or don't see the romantic aspect of it, but they're not jerks about it. Um, but then there's others that take that scene um, oh, I know with, where you're going this, and it pisses me off so much. Take that scene where Carol gives Daryl Beth's knife and kisses him on the forehead and makes it about Carol. And it's not. It's not. I mean, yes, in the sense it's about their friendship and their relationship, which I, I, I say friendship, but it's more than that. I don't find it. I've never seen it as romantic. I don't feel like it is. Um I get why people might, um, but their relationship is very close. It's deep. It, it, it's a very deep relationship and it's an important one. And in that aspect, it's about, you know, her recognizing that this is something Daryl needs. And in that aspect, yeah, it's about them. But the overall part of that is it's about Beth and Daryl and Carol acknowledging that, yeah, she meant something to him and he should have this. And how do people not see that? Well, and it's also about Carol and Beth, because, you know, she says, I think she saved my life. So she's not yeah. just saying, I understand that you're grieving and that that's really hard for you. But she's saying, I want you to know that she meant so much to me, too. And that I'm, I'm sharing this this grief with you, even though it's obviously both of us can't. Neither Carol nor Daryl are very good at reaching out with this kind, no. of, this kind of way. But, you know, she is trying to be with him in that moment. Yeah. And yeah, it's... It's offensive to me that people make that about that ship. And it's it's honestly, it's offensive to me as somebody who really likes Carol, because I wouldn't do that with a scene between... Like, I'm not going through consumed and looking to make everything about Beth, because there's a ton of stuff in there that isn't. I mean, Beth is, no. I think, in the background very much in that, in that episode, but a huge amount of that episode is about Daryl and Carol, and that's fine. It is fine, because they do have a very close relationship, and that in no way undermines what Daryl felt for Beth and vice versa, or anything. It, it just the idea that you have one female that is your romantic person, and all other females are off limits, or to be jealous over, or what, that just drives me nuts. And I, I, a big turnoff for me in reading fic, and a lot of people do this, unfortunately, and I wish they wouldn't, um, is making Carol the conflict in a Bethel fic, yeah. where she's jealous, or she's... It's, no! She no. would never feel that way. That's she just totally never, out of character. Even if she did have feelings for Daryl in that way, which I don't believe she does, um, but even if she did, and it was clear that Daryl wanted to be with Beth, or that was happening, or whatever, I don't 
ever see her as reacting that way, ever. And, and yeah, one could say that, you know, you're writing fiction, you can have license to do what you want, and that's okay if that's how you want to write it, fine, but I just don't agree with it. <laughs> I don't agree with it, and I think it's... I think it's... I mean, I've, I've published in uh, romance circles, and, and, you know, therefore I've kind of read about tropes and, and narrative themes in romance fiction, even though I actually don't read very much of it, to be honest. And, and one of the things that shows up constantly, and it's something that a lot of people are thankfully more and more being very critical of, is that you have, you know, you have the primary, if it's a heterosexual romance, you have the male character and the female character, but then you have another female character who's villainous. Yes. And <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's, it's just more of, rather than women taking care of and supporting other women, you have women being fighting over a man's dick, which is, I think, one of the least feminist things you can do. I, uh, agreed. I, yeah, I'm, I, I like to, I like to have the, when I read or write, I like to have the conflict come from somewhere else. And I just, I, I, I really dislike it when it's, I, I don't like love triangles at the best of times. And that's kind of no. what that ends up sort of being, right? Is, is uh, a love triangle. And then it goes down to women being jealous of women, as we said, and fighting over someone, someone's dick. And then also, it's a lack of, it's like they don't trust their partner, the, the man in this triangle, if we're talking, again, going with heterosexual, because that's what Beth and Daryl are. Um, uh, um, you have the man in this triangle who's not being trusted by the one he's supposed to be, you know, in this relationship with. And how is that healthy? And yeah, I just, I don't like it. It's also boring. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. just not very interesting. No, and and I find in order to make the female villainous, and let, I mean, yeah, it could happen. It, it, I always say there's always an exception to every opinion, and um, if someone were a very, very skilled writer, they might be able to manage that in a way that would be readable. Um, but it almost ends up the villainous woman um, ends up being the same woman in every story regardless of who she actually is yeah she says the same thing she acts the same way she does the same things she's very superficial there's not a lot of depth and i don't know if it's if it makes it if it's if, if it's an easy trap to fall into because it's easy just to make a static villain character to make the other characters do what you want but uh yeah I, I i don't like it i don't like it much at all i mean yeah i think you're right i think love triangles are just it's it's sort of like any kind of heavy angst it's yeah you can do it well but it's also very easy to do so most people do it and they just don't do it well it's it's yeah. it's it's a go-to when you want to create conflict and it's very very boring conflict it's, I, I've actually, I, I, I wish, and I think we kind of alluded to this, but I really wish that people in our fandom wouldn't do that. And I've gotten messages from people who are relieved that in my fic, I bring Carol in. First, I, I bring Carol in a lot, and I make her very important. And I also write her as a very strong, supportive character who cares very much about both of these other characters and, and wants to see them safe and happy. Her. That's like, how you would have to write her. That's who she. That's who she is. Like again, we've talked about like these are their family. These people are family, and 
you can't, they've gone through so much together, um, in the short amount of time. And like, it's, it's, it's like, okay, um, you wa- lost. All right. Yeah, I'm so, rewatching it now. <laughs> so, like, <sighs> the amount of time they all spend on the island is a relatively short amount of time, but it, it's, but that becomes the most important part of their time. Yeah. Right? So, like, in the grand scheme of everyone's lives so far, what's happened after the zombie apocalypse is a relatively short amount of time, but it's a, it's packed. So, you know, friendships that might have taken years to form are formed in a matter of days, minutes. Um, these people are very important to each other, and to try and suggest otherwise just feels like an insult to who the characters are and who they are to each other. Yeah, yeah. And I, again, I wish we would not see that as much. And I mean, and to be honest, I haven't encountered it a whole lot in fic, mostly because I'm, I'm honestly, and I wish I wasn't so much this way, but I do kind of stick within the my circle of people I really trust, and they don't tend to do this. Uh, but yeah. I, I don't like that we, because I mean, this the ship is so natural and so great that you don't have to do this. No. I, I wish we wouldn't. I wish there wasn't so much of a thing where, okay. If Beth and Daryl are going to get together, okay, we have to acknowledge that Carol cares about this, but the only way we can write that is that she's mad about it. Yeah, yeah, like, and yeah, I really, I, ha- I really don't. I think, I think some of it can be chalked up to maybe um, inexperience in writing, or perhaps um, inexperience in life uh, for you know some younger writers that, and and if you've not had a lot of adult relationships yourself, you go with what you're exposed to. And that's unfortunately television. And there is a lot of that kind of stuff in there. So I I see where it comes from. Um, I just hope that maybe um, that I hope people grow out of it, I guess is what I want to say. Like I, you see these in, all I've seen fix like this in all fandoms I've been in, not just this one. Oh yeah, um, that's a thing. And, and yeah, I just think it's especially difficult with this is because these they are so close. These people are so close by you know necessity by circumstance, and to then have somebody be this raging jealous beast just doesn't make any sense. No. And not. it's yeah. It's it's yeah it's it is what it is. It's just not my not my cup of tea, <laughs> so to say. So I, I wanted to. I think it's. I generally try to cut these off as two hours, but I, <laughs> I, I wanted to. I wanted to ask, and this this kind of circles all back around to the original question. And I honestly, this is a question I ask myself a fair amount, more than I would like actually. But you've. You've been in the fandom for, I think, as long as... A lot of us got into it at kind of the same time, so we've all been into it relatively the same amount of time, which is kind of a long time for fandom, I think. It's easy to burn out. Why are you still here? I mean, there's there's so much... We get so much ugly stuff from aunties. Uh, There's a lot of... There's more difficulty than I would like within our own Uh, fandom. So what what keeps you around? Partly... um because I don't feel like I'm done with Beth and Daryl. Fall Right In is so epic to me, and I need to finish it. So I can't leave until at least that's finished. Um, but again, I don't know if I will leave or not. I'm still here because I don't feel like I'm, I'm done with them. I, I feel like 
I still have lots I want to write for them, lots I want to say, um, and I don't know if I'll get all of it done. Fall writing will be finished if I have to peel my fingernails off to do it. Um, ah. <laughs> I, um, I've never written anything this long before. I've never thought I could, and I, 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 it means too much to me, and I've come too far on it now to stop. And I don't, I don't compare it to... I'll be yours for a song because I don't think there's a comparison there. I don't think that you can compare that to anything. Um, but uh-huh. if it's kind of my, it, for me, it's kind of that thick for me because it is so epic and it's the thick I never thought I could write that I'm writing and I need to finish it at, at the very least. I need to finish that story because it, it means too much to me just to leave it and to leave it behind. Yeah. I mean, it's again, what I've read of it, it seems like it's a very personal story for you in a lot of ways. Something that long and, and deep is going to be personal. And I, you know, I never, when I started writing it, I, I, I didn't have a, a major direction in mind initially. And I, I, I don't know if that shows or not. It doesn't matter so much. I think a lot of people, a lot of people's fix kind of take on their own sort of direction and then you develop them from there. Um, I never imagined it was going to be this long like I didn't even think I could write anything this long and uh, I'm heading uh, getting close to 300,000 words and uh, how how? Um, it's like three books that's a length of three books like I've never like my longest story before this was 46k uh, for Spike and Buffy and I, I wrote that and abandoned it for like three years and then posted the last two chapters and finished it. But that's what that, that was the word count 46,000. Um, and that was what I felt was as long as I could possibly ever do. So then to come in and do this, I, I just, I just don't know, but I, I, I have to finish. I, I, I can't, I can't leave it. I can't stop until it's done. Well, I think a lot of readers would really appreciate that because there's nothing worse than something getting that long and that deep and then never being finished. Right. I, don't, I like I owe it to myself. I owe it to the Beth and Daryl I've created. And I and, and as much as we say that fanfic is shared with readers, I do kind of owe it to them because it's I've sucked them in this far. I don't want to leave them hanging. Yeah. Yeah, and I've got some very, very, very amazing people that have been following the story either from the beginning or who have jumped in partway and and have been very supportive. And I appreciate all of them so much, and they they deserve to have the story finished. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with writing. I think it's important to write for fans, even if ultimately your first duty is to yourself and to the story, because, yeah, these people are on this journey with you, and it's wonderful that what you're writing means so much to them. Oh, and exactly. Like I, I'm, I'm sometimes I'm blown away by um, the reaction people have to something that even, even if I felt like this chapter was not where I wanted it to go, but it's as good as I can do right now. And then the reactions people have to that just make me stop and look back at it and think, okay, well, you know, I'm uh, being my own worst critic again, and maybe this is better than I thought it was. And, and um, I don't, I mean, people can say, oh, great, great update, and they may not actually mean it. But when someone writes you, like, five paragraphs of feedback, they mean that. Like, you don't just bullshit for five paragraphs. Like, you don't. Nobody does that. And that means so much to me when, you know, if something I've written has inspired that reaction in somebody. I mean, that's, that's a good feeling, and it makes me want to keep writing because I know it's appreciated. And um, that's why, again, 
yeah, that's why I've been such a bad reader recently and not left feedback. But that's why feedback is so important because that's that's the only only that's all we get. Other than personal satisfaction in writing something, that's what we get to, yeah. out of this. Is you know, and I, I was I haven't done it for a while, and I need to pick it back up again. I was doing this um, thick wreck Friday thing for a little while until I till I my queue ran out and I forgot to refill it. But I was trying to pick um, fix I enjoyed from authors that maybe don't get a lot of attention or lesser known fix from more popular authors. Um, just to try and like generate some, you know, like, hey, look at this. I really enjoyed this story. That is so and, awesome of you. And and I, I want to do it. I want to. I'm going to try and pick it up again. Um, and that's why I go through a lot of. I read a lot of fic, um, and sometimes I push through stuff that I'm not a fan of, um, just to say I've read them. But I read a lot of random things. And if I and again, I could be better about leaving feedback. I try. Sometimes I just can't do it. Um, and then so I try and go back later when I can. Um, I try and leave even even if something wasn't perfect, if if it was if it was enough to make me smile or go oh, or, or whatever, I like to leave a little comment. And some of these people don't have a lot of following for whatever reason. So I, I think it's important to, you know, because I do have a lot of people who follow me to try and share some of this with, you know, with them and hoping that they'll read it and enjoy it and, you know, give that author who doesn't get a lot of feedback, some feedback. Yeah. It's, it's the, I mean, it's like you said, this is what we get. It's the best, you know, except for those of us who are shameless enough to set up a Patreon. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, the, it's the best feeling. And it's, it's honestly, it's, I mean, like, again, I write professionally and it's nice to get royalty checks, but it does mean a lot more to me on a personal level, if not on a pocketbook level, to have somebody say to me, you know, shoot me an email or say something on Twitter or even just review something on Amazon or Goodreads and say, this meant a lot to me personally. I really enjoyed this. And it, it's it's even better in some ways when they're like, I meant a lot to this meant a lot to me. I really enjoyed it all of you people who listen to me, would you please go read it as well? That's just such a wonderful thing to do for somebody. And you are so great for doing that because not enough, I don't do it enough. Not enough people do that. I, and that's sort of why I wanted to, just because there are things I come across that I think, well, that's really good. Why does it only have three comments? Well, it's because this writer has, you know, they write a few one shots and you know, and maybe no one's noticed it yet and maybe it should be noticed. And so I need to, I need to pick that up again. And it's super easy just to go through and, and uh, put a bunch of them in a queue to post. And then, um, and, but I haven't done that in a while. I think I, I think I finished off at the end of the year with a flurry of every Christmas fic I could find and, uh, and then didn't go on any further. So, but I, I really need to pick that up again. Cause I, I, I do think that's important. So, um, and you can, anyone listening, if they want to read some of them, uh, they're all tagged with thick wreck Friday on my, on my Tumblr. Um, and go, go through them and, and read and, and leave comments to the people who wrote them because they all deserve, they deserve all the love all of it yeah i was actually i was going back through the tag because i was looking for uh some short like one shot to read that uh i'm just i'm trying to build up my own queue of stuff to read because i really am trying to expand beyond like the four or five authors that i really enjoy <laughs> and 
this kind of thing is incredibly useful to me because I'm so bad about, among other things, it's honestly time reasons. I'm so bad about looking for authors that I don't necessarily know that well and looking for kind of new stuff to give some exposure to. Stuff like this is really invaluable for me in finding stuff to read. So I, I appreciate so much that you've been doing that at all. I'm uh, I'm trying to um, I, I I back in the fall I made a, a or I customized a Tumblr theme for my Tumblr and one of the pages I'm still sort of trying to work on uh, if I could get the coding to participate or to cooperate um, is a, a big thick rec page that you can um, sort by um, various um, different sort of um, topics and pairings God bless and stuff. You. And it's it's time consuming because it's all um, custom, so you have to type in all the little. Um, but I uh, yeah, I'm trying to work on that. So I'm gonna you know the Fic Rec Friday stuff will be incorporated in there, and it would be stuff from other fandoms too. Um, that um, you know who maybe somebody following me also like to read that spike and buffy or i did write one fic for doctor who um and i know some great fics from there that might be of interest to people so trying to put those kind of things together i might even start incorporating some non-bethel stuff into my fic rec fridays like having a bethel one and a non-bethel one in case anyone's out there is interested right (laughs) there are a lot of people you know in the fandom who either do already read kind of cross ship cross different sub fandoms or would if somebody would just point them to good stuff because they may not know where to go. Yeah. And um, yeah. And I also want like, I've never uh, seen the TV show daredevil. um, And I don't really care to, but vampire cat Oh my god, that pairing! Oh, yeah, right, right. And and I'm like, I I, I know the characters or the actors because well, yeah, from Walking Dead and from yeah, uh, Bernthal. yeah, and um, Deborah and Wall from True Blood. Um, so I know the characters, so it's really easy for me or the actors, so it's really easy for me to picture and hear voices and stuff. And I've read some of her castle stuff, and I'm absolutely blown away. And I'm like, I need more and. Like this is this is this never happens where I'm like interested in a pairing that I've never even seen the television show before. But it speaks to her writing first of all, mm-hmm. and also just like, knowing the actors helps. But um, so you know you never know. There might be people who you know have enough of a base knowledge of something um, to much like my friend that reads all my Bethel stuff and has never seen the show might be interested in just reading something different and find they really enjoy it. So yeah. Yeah. And Mel is reliably great. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. She's one of my yeah. faves. So yes. in the last, yes. in the last few minutes we got, um, we've already talked a lot about your stuff. Obviously fall right in is kind of the big one wreck a couple of your other things, especially stuff that maybe not as many people as you would like have read. What are, what are, if you had to pick another couple of fix that you would wish more people would read, what would they be? Uh, oh, I'm really, really, uh, and this was another sort of, uh, everyone, or in every, you always have the five times and one time or whatever fix. So I've sort of started one of those, just it was a, it was a, um, uh, uh, something I was trying to do just when I was stuck on other stuff, just to write quick one shots about the idea being, um, uh, it's set at prison supposed to be canon compliant and like missing scenes showing as we talked about that you know beth and daryl did interact before they escaped the prison um and just sort of non-shippy just 
stuff. Um, and I should have done it as one shots, but I started it as, as a fic. So it's five times Beth and Daryl weren't virtual strangers before the prison fell, blah, blah, blah. Um, and the second chapter of that is um, called uh, Baby Girl Gonna Be Tough. And it's Beth, Daryl, and newborn Judith before she even has a name. And I really, for something that was supposed to be just a, uh, just write it, I really, really loved that chapter, that part of the fic. And I would love it if people would read that. Um, and people have, people liked it, but that one in, in particular, like, there's only two chapters so far, um, but that second chapter is just something I really like and, and, uh, um, just really like. And then the most recent thing, which is a year old now, um, that I have written in, aside from Fall Right In is um, the, the actually the fic you read one of the last podcasts, which is Lift Up Your Voice, Children Rejoice. Oh my god, that fic. Super, super satisfied with how that came out. Um, based on a prompt by um, Nikita. And the uh, art, she, art she did for it is beautiful. Oh, uh, she she did that actually she she drew that before I wrote the fic. Um, oh, that's right, she did. Yeah, she sent me the prompt. She sent me the prompt. She said, "I have this idea. I would really like to hear you write it or see you write it." Um, and so I started and I kind of stalled on it. And then she said she'd drawn something for it, so I asked to see it. Just and I figured maybe it might give me some inspiration. So she sent me this, what she described as, "Oh, just a, a sloppy sketch." <laughs> beautiful are you kidding me <laughs> uh, absolutely gorgeous and um so i had the, now i had the picture to go along with the story i was trying to tell and um i just i'm really really i mean trying to get daryl dixon to dance doesn't seem that was like unbelievable that. i, I, I oh, had God. to I had to make it. I, I I didn't want to be all like cracky with it. It needed to be real to me. No, it like was perfect. It, it took a while, but I got there, and I really am really 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 happy with um, how that fic turned out. And it's it's one of my I think one of my favorite things. Um, really, I'd like it if people read everything I wrote. But well, um, clearly, yes. Uh, and then I think the third one I will say um, would be Wild Things. That like that was like one of I think that might have been the first thing I read from you. And one of I think I lost my shit. You, you I was, did. I, I was at work and I, I kept getting like, the notifications. And you sent a couple asks and I couldn't reply to them because we don't have Wi-Fi at work. Um, <laughs> and then you you spazzed out on Ao3 as well. I and just... it was glorious. I was smiling the rest of the day because uh, one thing that I really like about this fandom, by the way, is um, authors that I love love my stuff too and i've never really had that before as much where there's a bunch of us a bunch of people i I love i love people's work and then they love mine and it's this big circle of love and it's (laughs) fabulous and wonderful and and like obviously i i've been with i've been following i'll be yours for a song right from the beginning um like from when it was just a one shot and then it spiraled off from there so then here you are spazzing over something i wrote and i'm like oh great this is great it's seriously so. one of it's still i think i could never do a top 10 but it's still one of my very 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 favorite things i've ever read in this fandom it's so fucking good well and i i just wrote it took me like two days i that's it was it it was i don't know what something came over me and i just like 
vomited out this fic and I didn't even I've edited a little bit just for typos I found and it's a little rougher than I would like it to be but I just felt like I needed to just let it be what it was when I wrote it Uh, normally I I go through thing like I can finish a chapter and then I need to read through it like multiple times before I'm ready to share it but this I just finished went through it once and then here we go up and I just feel like it needed to be that what it was. But yeah, um, yeah, I'm really, I'm really proud of that one. It just, it, it, yeah, I'm very proud of that one. Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, I'm, I'm a pretty, uh, I'm a pretty intense editor, and I have extremely high standards, like irritatingly high standards. I don't think you would need to change very much, if anything. <laughs> I think it's great as it is, and I'm not just saying that. I thank you. All right, we're at we're actually at over two hours. This is absolutely fantastic. Here I was like, oh, I don't know if I'll be able to do this, but I'll no. try. <laughs> no, no, this was fun. We should do this again if you think we you should, can right? ramble some more. Rambling is fun when I like. I'm not like like many of us. I'm terrible at small talk, but this is something I'm interested in. So, well, yeah, and I think a lot of us don't really get a chance to. I mean, obviously we talk on Tumblr and everything, but we don't really get a chance to have a conversation with somebody else about this kind of stuff because we're all spread all over the country and in yeah, fact the world. Because you're country. not. You're actually in Canada, right? I am in Canada. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, this was great. Yeah. All right. We're going to call it there. Thank you so much, Evelina, for being with me. Please, everybody, go read Evelina's stuff. Go read all of it. I've literally never read a thing from her that was bad. So, seriously, everything. And we're back. Hope you really enjoyed that. I certainly did. And again, I'm going to be trying to have more of that kind of thing uh, be on the show because I think it works really well. People seem to enjoy it. I really enjoy it. I think it's just a cool thing to do. So I'm going to go ahead and let you go. Uh, Just a reminder, if you want to support the show via Patreon or PayPal, hugely appreciated. Uh, Help me keep this thing going. Help me keep other stuff going. Uh, Look for the next one of these Monday after this coming Monday, God willing, provided that, you know, no disasters occur and also that we don't all die in a nuclear holocaust, which is not necessarily a completely irrational fear these days. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I hope you're really looking forward to it. And the episode after that, you'll find out who I'm going to be talking to. And again, if you have anything specifically that you would like us to cover, please let me know. We're happy to talk about anything. You know, within reason. Whatever. Use your best judgment. Okay. Goodbye. And I will hopefully speak to you soon. <laughs>